There are things in life that are truly game changers. They mark a turning point, raise the stakes, and rewrite the rules, all while staying true to themselves. This spectacular show, based on the intimate intricacies of family, really struck a chord with its countless followers. Forget about it! I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse as we dissect The Sopranos on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI for your English. And again, before we get going, antes de ponernos en marcha, I just wanted to thank you guys again for making this show so popular. I take a look at the numbers, the figures, and the show is constantly growing. And that is thanks to all of you. So thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for learning English with me. And of course, a very special shout out to my patrons who are subscribed to my community and they get tons of bonus content every week. They get extra audio as well as PDFs with all the vocabulary, expressions, and grammar therein. And if you're on the higher levels, you'll be able to join me every week. That's right. We have a weekly class where we review the different concepts that we look at on each episode. You also have a monthly class as well, a monthly master class if you're on our super duper level or in the interstellar level. And speaking of super duper students, I'd like to send a shout out to Mara, Javier, Francisco, Tony, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Lolis. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. Thanks to all of you, no matter what level you're on. Thanks for growing, learning, and laughing with me. If you guys want more information on how you can join our curious community, go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and find out more. And if you want a free sample, just reach out. Dime algo, and I'd be more than happy to send it to you. All right, well, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about the Sopranos today. And anybody who knows me knows that I am a huge Sopranos fan. For me, this was the end-all, be-all. También se dice al revés, the be-all, end-all. Y esto significa lo más, lo máximo. And that's what I feel Sopranos is. And I'm going to prove it to you on this podcast today and in the bonus audio. Let's start with our intro, as always. I said there are things in life that are truly game changers. Hay cosas en esta vida que realmente cambian las reglas del juego. We call something like that a game changer. They mark a turning point. I love this word. A turning point, I believe in Spanish, es un punto de inflexión. They raise the stakes. Otra buena expresión. This is an expression we looked at in our Las Vegas episode. To raise the stakes. Poner más en juego. 
and they rewrite the rules. Reescriben las reglas. Los escriben a su manera. They wrote them their way. De su manera. And the most important part, which I had to add here, is all while staying true to themselves. And to stay true to yourself, you know, if you have your morals, you have your beliefs, and you stay true to them. And that's something I believe that the creators of The Sopranos did. Then I said, this spectacular show, based on the intimate intricacies, toma, di esa, say that one five times fast, based on the intimate Intimos, intricacies, those little things, right? Those intricacies of family. And then I said it really struck a chord with its countless followers. And to strike a chord, I think you say tocar la fibra sensible. And the word countless means innumerables o incontables. Vamos, que tienen muchos seguidores. And then I said something that you may have heard before, maybe you haven't, but it's a very useful word when we're talking about Italian-American English. And we're going to learn some Italian-American English in the bonus part of today's show. But the one I said in the intro is, forget about it. Y esto es, forget about about it. Pero cuando lo decimos rápido y con ese acento italiano-americano, we say, forget about it, forget about it. Y como vamos a ver, tiene muchos usos. No es solo olvídate de ello. But we're going to look at that in the bonus part. Then you heard some shots fired. Well, of course, we're talking about the mob. Estamos hablando de la mafia. Tenemos que tener armas. I'm not a big fan of weapons or arms of any kind, but uh, hey, if you work in the mafia, that's your business. That's your thing. So then I said, I'm going to make you an offer. You can't refuse. And I'm sure you guys all know that expression. It's a famous line from The Godfather. But there we can learn that it's not to do an offer. It's to make an offer. So I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse as we dissect. Now, to dissect is to take apart as we dissect The Sopranos. So are you guys ready? All right. Well, my first question is, have you seen the show? If you haven't seen the show, you are missing out. This is the first show where I said to myself, this is much better than any movie I've seen recently. And when I say better, I mean the acting. I mean the cinematography, the scoring, which is the, the music. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's a masterpiece. And again, I aim to prove that to you in today's show. So... Where did it all start? Well, it all started on January 10th, 1999. This is when the series premiered. And as I said, this was the turning point. This ushered in, to usher in is hacer entrar, a new era of television. This was the first time, I believe, that people took TV seriously. Before, it was unheard of. No actor, no film actor would dare 
beyond TV. And this, as I said before, this show changed the game. This series, and I wanted to clear that up really quickly. I think we looked at it in the Friends episode. A series is more involved. It's usually longer. There are more locations. The characters are deeper. And a sitcom is more like Friends. Same location, same stock characters, same kind of subjects, temáticas que surgen. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but wait, Alberto, it didn't start on January 10th, 1999. That's when it premiered. We want to go back. We want to know where the idea came from. Well, let's cut to the chase. <laughs> I just made a really bad joke, but I'm going to teach you an expression. To cut to the chase is ir al grano. So I said, let's cut to the chase. Now, ¿dónde está la gracia? Why is that funny? Well, the creator's name is David Chase. <laughs> let's cut to the chase. Vamos al grano. Well, hey, this is an expression that comes from Hollywood. It comes from editing. If we cut to the chase, cortamos directamente a la persecución, a la chicha, a lo importante. So this story, the story of The Sopranos, is loosely based on, that means not a hundred percent, but it's loosely based on David Chase's life. And the first thing I'll tell people who say, well, I'm not interested in the mafia. I don't like that genre. This is so much more than just a mob series. This is about family. It's about family, his family, the mafia, his real family, and as I said before, the intricacies of family. You know, those things that happen between his many different families. One of the most interesting parts, Tony Soprano, he plays the boss, el capo de capo. You know, he plays the boss of a crime family. So when he's doing his job and when he's working, everybody fears him. But the second he goes home to his other family, you can guarantee that his wife, Carmela, doesn't fear him at all. So he's used to being the boss when he's working, but not at home or not when he's with his shrink. His shrink is su psicologo, su psiquiatra, which we'll find out about a little bit later when we talk about all the different characters. So David Chase was a mafioso? No, he wasn't. But he did model Tony Soprano after himself, because Tony has a difficult relationship with his mother, to put it one way, a, a difficult um, relationship with his mother, which I guess this is normal. A lot of drama comes from parental issues, and it was problematic. So he wrote that into the script. Anybody who's ever seen Sopranos will see that Tony and his mother's relationship mirrors the relationship that David Chase had with his mother. It was rocky. Uh, a rocky relationship is a relationship with a lot of problems. Now, another thing that is also loosely based on David Chase's life was the fact that he was in therapy at the time he was writing it. So the fact that Tony Soprano is in therapy and has a bad relationship with his mother is autobiographical. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how real are the mafia stories? You know, the mob stories. Are those real? I'll tell you all about that 
in the bonus part of today's show. But let's talk about how this got made because you don't just show up, you have the premiere of a show and that's it. There's a lot of work that goes into that and you have to come up with the idea, you have to write the pilot, you have to pitch it, you have to shop it around. Uh, To pitch it is to sell it and to shop it around is to send it to a lot of different production companies. Here's a little fun fact. It wasn't supposed to be a series. At first, when David Chase had the idea, he saw a movie in his head. In fact, he saw a movie starring Robert De Niro as a guy who goes to a shrink. And now that I think about it, isn't there a movie called Analyze This and Analyze That where Robert De Niro plays a mobster who goes to a shrink? If David Chase had gotten his way, si hubiese salido con la suya, if David Chase had gotten his way, it would have been a movie starring Robert De Niro. But a friend of his, a friend and his manager, well, he said, listen, why don't you consider making it into a series? I really see this as a series. And he listened. He listened to his manager And he decided to develop the idea into a series instead of a movie. But he's still not done. Then comes the hard work. You have to write the pilot. Then, well, you got to direct the pilot, which he did. He wrote and directed the pilot. This was filmed in 1997. And like many stories, he shopped it around to a lot of different production companies. He brought it to Fox and many other networks, and nobody was interested. Everybody turned him down. Le rechazaron. But HBO showed some interest. HBO said, well, we're kind of interested. But even they hesitated. There was a moment during the negotiations where supposedly uh, there was radio silence, como decimos, radio silence from HBO. And then, well, a couple months later, they contacted him and they said, let's do this. But it was not easy to get this made. Nobody wanted the pilot. And I can think of numerous occasions, you know, uh, such as Back to the Future. I know they shopped that script around to every production studio in Hollywood and nobody was interested. So there's a lesson here, and that lesson is never give up. And David Chase, too, he knew what he wanted. He knew he had the idea really clear. Okay, he wasn't sure if it was a movie or a series, but once he got all that out of the way, he knew the story he wanted to tell. So then he hired writers, producers. Of course, you got to hire people. And it turns out that Sopranos had a crack team of writers. The word crack team is un equipo de cracks realmente in español. But we use that word a lot when we're talking about teams. So they put together a crack team of writers, uh, producers and other professionals. A guy named Matthew Weiner, Matthew Salchicha, see, así es. This guy went on to create Mad Men. Another guy named Terrence Terrence Winter uh, became the mastermind behind the popular series Boardwalk Empire. Uh, Another woman, Eileen Landris, she executive produced the show Girls. So it seems like everybody who worked on Sopranos ended up doing other things, successful things. It wasn't a one-off or a fluke, como decimos. I think you say de chiripa. 
These people are really talented. And that was another thing that attracted me to Sopranos. The acting, the production quality, the writing. It was just perfect. I mean, I remember it was the first series that I ever binge watched. And to binge watch, I think you say, comerte toda la temporada de una vez. So let's take a look at some of the actors that made this show what it was. And this show made those actors, if you catch my drift, si me pillas. Yeah, a lot of these people were not very well known. They were working actors, but they weren't as famous as they were post-Sopranos. And I'm talking about James Gandolfini himself. He was in the movie True Romance. You call it Amor a Quemarropa. And in fact, that's what convinced David Chase that he was perfect for the part. Although he had somebody else in mind. And I'm going to tell you who that person is in just a moment. But before Sopranos, James Gandolfini Edie Falco, who plays his wife, Carmela, Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher, his nephew. I mean, these people were, you know, they were known actors, but they became household names after this. And in the bonus part, I'm even going to tell you about a cameo by Lady Gaga. What? Lady Gaga was on The Sopranos? Yeah. Talk about some trivia. I know personally, I could never imagine another person other than James Gandolfini playing the role of Tony Soprano. But again, David Chase had other ideas in his head. So this is another interesting thing about David Chase. He had pretty clear ideas, but he was also flexible and willing to change his mind if it was for the best of the series. So originally, before he auditioned James Gandolfini for the lead role, he wanted Stephen Van Zant to play the role. Now, the good thing is Stephen Van Zant is in The Sopranos, and he has a major role. He plays Silvio. I could never, ever, in a million years... Picture him playing the role of Tony Soprano. Now, many of you might know who Stevie Van Zandt is because aside from a great actor, he is also the guitar player of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. I mean, what a cast. Vaya reparto. But in the end, the producers didn't want to gamble. They didn't want to take a gamble or to gamble, apostar. Because, well, Stevie Van Zandt was a celebrity. You know, he was a famous musician. But he hadn't acted too much. And they wanted to go for somebody who had a little more experience in the acting world. I think, personally, it was one of the greatest decisions they ever made. Because, as I said, Silvio, great character. Stevie Van Zandt, what an amazing job he does, but I could never, ever picture him, uh, picture as imaginar, as Tony Soprano. I don't think the show would have been as successful, but that's neither here nor there. Also, Lorraine Bracco. Now, Lorraine Bracco, she was in the movie Goodfellas, and in a moment we'll talk about how many actors were from the movie Goodfellas. Take a guess. I'll have you guys guess. How many actors from Goodfellas ended up being in Sopranos? And Goodfellas is la película uno de los nuestros. Think about your answer and we'll reveal it in just a moment. But right now let's talk about Lorraine Bracco. She was in Goodfellas. She played Henry Hill's love interest, Karen. What an amazing job she did in that movie. Those of you who know me know that I love this genre. So I love Sopranos. I also love... 
uno de los nuestros, Goodfellas, Donnie Brasco, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on as well. So Lorraine Brasco was originally asked to play the role of Carmela. Now, Carmela is Tony's wife, but she ended up playing his shrink, Dr. Jennifer Malfi. Now, this was very difficult for her because she's a very expressive Italian-American actress. You only have to see her in Goodfellas to see that she is a passionate person, full of fire. But she had to play a shrink, a straight-faced shrink who couldn't show any emotion. And she said that it was one of the most challenging acting jobs she ever did in her life. But... I think it worked out for her because she went on to win four Emmy nominations and three Golden Globe nominations for her performance as Dr. Jennifer Melfi. And the wonderful Edie Falco, she ended up playing the role of Carmela, who was equally amazing, a little bit intense because that was her role and the doctor was more reserved. Again, I can't imagine her playing the role of Carmela and vice versa. It would just wouldn't work. But you never know. Another guy from Tony's crew, one of his crew, you know, his closest guys, his consiglieris over there is a guy named Paulie Walnuts. And Paulie Walnuts is the character. The actor's name is Tony Cicero. Now, Tony Cicero was also in Goodfellas. O sea, si has dicho uno, ya has perdido, porque ya hay dos actores que tienen en común. The character is Polly Walnuts, and this character came straight out of Tony Cicero's life. Because before Tony Cicero, the actor, played the role of Polly Walnuts, he was a real criminal himself. According to the L.A. Times, his rap sheet, a rap sheet is your criminal record, was longer than his acting resume. Eso es, su currículum de, de ser actor. So he had 28 arrests and 27 acting gigs. <laughs> That's crazy. It's interesting because when he talked to David Chase and he said, well, I can incorporate my life as a criminal into this character and we can make it really real. And of course, there's David Chase being flexible again, saying, I love it, Tony. Let's do it. So a lot of the characteristics, the traits, otra forma de decir características, of this character are straight up from the actual actor. The, the fact that he was in prison and knew what that life was like, but also the fact that he was a neat freak. A neat freak is somebody with, uh, I believe you say in Spanish, uh, compulsión de... Vamos, que tienes que tener todo en su sitio. You're a neat freak. Some people say OCD. I guess that would be the disorder. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Everything's got to be where it's got to be. There's a place for everything. And that's real. The, the actor had that issue, that tendency, and so did the character as well. And I think that makes it so much more realistic. I mean, even the fact that, you know, he lived with his mom for a long time and he was like a mama's boy, those are all real things from Tony Cicero's life. Now, I know you've been waiting for this moment. How many people... How many actors from Goodfellas are in this series? Did you say five? Did you say six? 
Did you say seven? All right, well, let's count here. According to IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, six regular cast members were in Goodfellas. Lorraine Bracco, Michael Imperioli, Tony Cicero, who we just spoke about, and a few others. Ten recurring Sopranos characters are also in Goodfellas. And 11 one-time guest stars. So that's, now here's where you're going to see my math deficiency. We've got 10 plus 11, that's 21 plus 6, 27 actors in common. No wonder I love that movie and I love this series. And in the bonus part of today's show, I'm going to teach you all this vocabulary that they use in these kind of series, these genres, these mobster films, because yes, it's English, but it's Italian-American English. And we'll see that there are many words that we understand, but you won't necessarily find them in Webster's Dictionary. You'll see them in the movie Donnie Brasco, where there's a wonderful scene. Patrons, I'm going to post it on the Patreon page, but there's a scene in Donnie Brasco where they explain this, forget about it. But either way, I'm going to explain it in the bonus part of today's show. This brings us to the end of the first part of today's show. Remember, if you want access to the bonus stuff, all you have to do is consider being a patron. Check it out. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. But even today, you know, we're in the golden age of TV now, Breaking Bad. I mean, there, there are so many series and the production quality is just out of this world. But The Sopranos was the one that started it all. It was the turning point. And you know what? It was just six seasons. Six seasons on the air. 86 episodes to make the world fall in love with Tony Soprano and his crew. I hope you guys will join us in the bonus part of today's show. If you don't, I'm going to take you out. What? Te voy a sacar por ahí? No. In mafia speak, to take you out means to kill you. Yeah, so if a mafioso tells you they want to take you out, run away. Huye. So if you don't tune in, I'll do you a favor. No, no te voy a hacer un favor. Es otra forma de decir, te voy a matar. So if a mafioso tells you, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to do you a favor, as I said, run the other way. It's not what it seems. I know, I know. English is funny. Well, however you want to put it, I hope you'll join us in the bonus part of today's FYI.